Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to The Catch with John Fisher on Blog Talk Radio, connecting life to faith. We're just trying to get it together, trying to help the fellow man, hoping we can make it Here it's Tuesday night, and welcome to Blog Talk Radio. This is the catch on Blog Talk Radio. And if you don't get the catch, uh, go to catchjohnfisher.com and sign up, and you'll get the catch every every day um, in your email, five days a week. And uh, right now we're doing a very interesting series. And we're trying to keep our, our blog talk radio on track with uh, the series we're doing in the catch. And that is all about the 12-step uh, AA recovery program. Now, our point here is that, uh, no, we aren't all alcoholics or drug addicts. But I do believe that uh, we are all to something and that the principles in the 12 steps, which are directly tied to Scripture, even though no one says it out front, uh, are principles that can guide uh, our fellowship and guide us into loving one another as brothers and sisters and perhaps even being a better model for church than what most churches have right now. And uh, that's why we're so intrigued by um, the whole 12-step recovery program and what it can say to all of us. And so we've had some wonderful guests on the last five weeks uh, blog talk. Every one of them has had some experience using 12 steps uh, in their ministry. And um, today, tonight, is no exception. Um, We have a a pastor who has had the 12 steps as part of uh, his ministry. And we're going to find out his story here in just a minute. And a fascinating person who is uh, also involved in a brand new book and a book tour uh, all around the impossible and uh, a young boy who came back to life and uh, amazing stories going to be a movie soon we'll hear about that at the end of the show Um, but uh, right now right now we want to talk about recovery and we want to welcome our guest from uh, the St. Louis area, I think it's St. Charles, uh, uh, Missouri, I believe I have it right. Um, yes. Jason yep, Noble. Right. Jason, Jason, welcome. Welcome to Block Talk. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. I'm really excited to talk about this with you tonight. Great, great. Well, we are excited to have you. And uh, 
why don't we, I'd love to just start in by hearing a little bit about your story and um, how you, what is your connection with the 12 Steps, the recovery movie? How did you get involved and, and how, how, it's a big question, but, uh, and how did it wrap itself around your, your ministry? Yeah, it's, uh, it's amazing because we really happened to stumble upon it. Um, when we moved to Port Angeles, Washington, uh, we became lead pastors in the church. And one of the things that we quickly realized was the level of brokenness that you find even in the church today. Um, and we just started to pray, asking God to, to give us direction on how to really help people to find healing and wholeness. And um, quickly, very quickly, we prayed for our community also to say, God, send us the people who are in desperate need. And one by one, uh, we started to have drug addicts that came into our church that um, would come in and be completely set free. And by the time that was done, we ended up having almost 300 drug addicts that came through the church and had gotten saved and gotten turned around. And one thing that we quickly realized with that was, okay, so now that they're saved, how do we help them to walk to wholeness and freedom? Uh, how do we help them to walk through this addiction? Um, many times, you know, they would get saved and relapse because there wasn't mm-hmm. uh, a great tool. And so we, we institute Celebrate Recovery. We highly encourage people uh, to get plugged into uh, the 12-step program. You know, and what you realize very quickly is that it is that program is not just for drug addicts. It's not just for... Uh, people who struggle with uh, alcohol addiction. It's very much what you said, that people across the board struggle with some kind of addiction. I think we all do. And when you look at what that addiction usually stems from, it's an area, a lot of times it's an area of brokenness in a person's life. And what was interesting when we worked through with addicts that came in, um, we found a couple of things in common. One, uh, the majority of them did not have dads. And so they had father wounds that they were dealing with. Um, and uh, another, mm. another majority started when they were very young. And uh, it blew me away as we really started to pray that God would just send us the broken, send us the lost. Uh, and you'd see these addicts that would come in, and they were all in their early 20s. Their lives have already been ravished. They'd been through multiple programs through the state where it was like a 30-day detox. That didn't work. And what we, what we realized is the only thing that works is Jesus. And the 12 steps are great, great, uh, they're great principles to walk people through to find freedom. It's a systematic approach. And like you said uh, early on in this discussion, every one of those 12 steps is principles from Scripture that people are able to pull out mm-hmm. and really, uh, really work. And um, as we watched that, we saw it was great. A whole section of our church, literally a whole section became people had been set free from addiction. And you talk about mm-hmm. this incredible time to see people that were on meth and heroin. And, um, you know, that just became our heartbeat. Lord, help us to you know, help these people to find freedom. Help us to, to use, a, uh, use the tools that you've given us in Scripture and so many were able to walk to freedom. Then when we got to St. Louis, we made a change to a, a church in St. Louis, and the heroin problem is overwhelming. I mean, just in St. Louis, it is, uh, I think there's two people a day mm. dying in our county from overdoses. It is overwhelming. And the church has been pretty silent on it. I mean, when you look at it, uh, and so we started praying that prayer 
in St. Louis. I mean, uh, and, and it's incredible there because, like across the rest of the country, you see this heroin epidemic taking over suburban uh, homes. You know, you think of a drug addict normally being somebody that's down in the skid row, mm-hmm. and you know, and it's not that anymore. It's people who are stuck behind million dollar homes. You know, they're up and outers, not down and outers. And, you know, so we started to pray, Lord, bring people to us that we can help. And again, uh, he did. And uh, we've seen God do incredible things, but it's not only getting them saved, but then helping them to walk through to healing and wholeness. And that's where I think the 12-step program uh, comes in so well. And the thing that we did realize in all of that, again, was there's a lot of church church people who are living with addictions that Jesus wants to set free. And so I love mm. like even in Celebrate Recovery where it says hurts, hangups. Um, I can't remember the rest of the words exactly, but it, it's all of us. I mean, we can all uh, we can all benefit from walking through that. And uh, I think so many times in church uh, we all kind of come in, sit in, sit down, and pretend like there's nothing wrong when underneath the surface, right underneath mm-hmm. the surface, people are struggling and trying to figure out, okay, how do I how do I make it through this life with an addiction that uh, is so overwhelming. One of the things that I broke that I that I dealt with in our church is we. Uh, I've heard people say, "Well, those people, you know, the addicts are coming in, and those people." And one Sunday morning, I got up and said, "We are those people. All of us. We mm-hmm. are those people. Amen. So I'm calling them those people. We are those people, and we all need the help that Jesus brings and the freedom that He brings. And so we really, my wife has a, a strong inner healing ministry." And we just really started putting those tools together to say, okay, God, uh, you know, let's not only heal the physical aspect of addiction, but let's heal the spiritual and the emotional side of addiction too, where people can get healed up and see freedom. Hmm. Wow. Um, Jason, what is, what, what is addiction? Where does it come from? And, and what are, what are the, what are the strongest elements? How can we spot it? maybe in our life, um, those of us who, who maybe may not be, you know, phys- addicted to drugs or alcohol, but, but right. we have addictions nonetheless. Help us, help us uh, understand that a little more. Yeah, I mean, I think when you dig in and you find out about a person's past, especially you can kind of start to see, okay, this person may be struggling, you know, anything that they've used to cope uh, and not be truly healed. Um, you sit down and you can start digging it. Some people control, they're addicted to control, you know, I mean, and they have to be able to control everything in their life. Uh, if not anxiety and fear, some people are addicted to anxiety. Some people are addicted to fear. You know I mean? That you just see kind of the mindsets and the patterns that people have in their lives. And I think it probably is a lot deeper than what we, what we in the church give it credit for, uh, you know, and really, um, as you start to see those patterns and you talk to people, uh, you can start to figure out, okay, you know, this might be something that this person is struggling with. And it doesn't have to just be physical. I think the idea of mindsets and, and um, you know, mm-hmm. things that you've bought into and things that you just like the, the control and the fear and anxiety. I mean, America is, we've been, we, we live with fear and anxiety. And, you know, we medicate it and we try to, mm-hmm. you know, overcompensate for it. But as Christians, we are never called to live with fear and anxiety. You know, I mean, uh, it's something that I think we get addicted to and we have to really worry, you know. And so when you start to hear those kind of words and you start to hear people talk about those kind of things, you have to start to go, okay, 
you know, and, and I think, you know, it's so interesting because I think we can fall, especially if people have addictive personalities or, you know, you kind of find out about their past and find out that their parents were alcoholics or, you know, I mean, you start to dig into some of that past mm-hmm. and uh, unless that is broken in the future by a 12 step pro- program, by a person saying, Hey, I'm going to break this. Uh, you know, it be, I think they they do become addictions, you know, and uh, I think the generational curses play a big part to it. So I think finding the history, starting to, starting to dig in and just, you know, talk to people and find mm-hmm. out who they are and what their background is, you can you can spot it pretty quickly, I think. You know, but I think a lot of people, uh, they don't know what to do with it once they've spotted it. And, you know, I think in mm-hmm. some ways it's better to just keep it under the surface. And that's where the 12-step program, healing, you know, all of the mm-hmm. stuff, that, the tools that we have available to us today – it brings freedom. And, you know, at the end of the day, the enemy doesn't want any of us to live in freedom. He wants us to live bound up, wants us to live addicted. Mm. And Jesus said, I can't yeah. just set them free and, you know, and bring freedom and bring them life and life more abundant. And so I think if we can help people walk to that and walk through it, um, you know, so kind of a roundabout way to answer yeah. your question. But I think that's how you spot it, you know, is just start mm-hmm. talking and start mm-hmm. working through it and, and dig deeper than what – you know, maybe dig a little deeper than what the person is walking in the door uh, saying they're struggling with, you know? Um, yeah. So. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, I use the word cope, uh, coping mechanisms. And, and uh, yep. yeah, I, I think that's, uh, you know, what we have to put as believers, what we have to put in place of, of addictions that help us cope would be the, the reality of the Holy Spirit in our life. Yeah, uh, would yep. you say that that that, that that's oh, how yeah. we we really that's how we cope, and um, yes, uh, and, and learning. I would throw one other learning thing how in. to do that's that. Good. Yeah, that's tough. That's tough to learn. It it it, it it's not that easy. <laughs> no, yeah. well, Go ahead. I think too. One of the things, and sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I do think that scripture, yep. getting God's word inside of us is, you know, I think it's so interesting that we have, we're in a time period of some of the most biblical illiteracy, and you see all of these problems on the rise. And I think that if we can get God's word inside of us, those become the promises that we use to cope. You know, we use these, uh, like, when it says, don't worry, don't worry about tomorrow, for today has enough worry of its own, you know. Uh, You start holding on to those promises that God has given us, and I think those become the tools on how to walk through things. Wow. Do you uh, do you actually use the twelve steps in, in in part of your 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 program there at the church? Uh, we do. We did in celebrate recovery and celebrate recovery mm-hmm. integrates those in. Um, you know, anybody that I run into in addiction or especially in drug addiction or alcohol addiction or food addiction. I mean, I always point them to the 12 steps because I think that that's a process. The one thing that, you know, I I encourage people is I say, don't, don't let the identity become, um, you know, that you're an addict and you can never break through that because I think how we see ourselves, I always challenge them. And I say, listen, you're a believer who's struggling with these areas. That's who you are. And you're going to get freedom as you walk Mm -hmm. through the 12 steps. You know, okay, um, yeah, and the process of how you walk through that. So, because I think how we see ourselves, 
um, really dictates how we find freedom too. You know, mm-hmm. if it's just, well, yeah. oh, I'm just another addict and I can't break free. I'm going to go do my thing then, you know? Um, and so yeah. walking through that, I think is a big piece to that of how you see yourself. Cause I think also knowing your identity, like as a child, as a son and a daughter of, 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 of God, I think that really speaks in. And most of the other thing we found out about most addicts is they don't know who they are in Christ. If you were to sit down and talk to them, they would say, they tell you who, where they work or who their family is or, but never like, if you just sit down and say, who are you, you know, they don't know their identity in Christ. Yeah. You know, um, you know, I think the, the, the thing that draws me to the, the whole 12 step model is the fact that you start, you start with brokenness. You, you start with people Mm -hmm. in, in, in deep need. And, and so honesty Honesty is everything's out on the table already. I mean, you yeah. had you had to struggle just to get in the door, you know. And yeah. so you you just don't have you the beautiful thing about you just don't have to deal with impressions and appearances and and all yes. the the things that we get so stuck and the masks that we that we wear and the false spirituality we play with and all that stuff. We yep. just start at the bottom, and it's real. And and to me, exactly. that's that's what we need. Christians need more of that. And uh, I agree. And, and I guess, how do we get more of that into our into our experience as believers? How can we be more more honest and more real about our well, lives? I'll I'll tell you what. Being honest, that that to me, uh, when I've talked to people who struggle with addiction and w- walk through it. To me, the honesty part is one of the hardest because everyone's okay with giving 90%, but when you, final get, you get to the final 10% of the truth, the 100% honesty of who you are and laying it out on the table, man, there's so much freedom just in that, you know? And mm. I think that having the safe and secure atmosphere – I was at an NA meeting uh, a couple, couple of years ago where they walked through the steps uh, with another – with an addict. I sat through the meeting, and I was so – uh, amazed because it was literally peer led. It was leaders who had struggled with it, leaders who had walked through it. There's not, there was no hierarchy of anyone's better than anyone else. And, you know, it was everybody walking it together. And I think that that perspective in the church would go a long way. Like, Hey, we're all walking this together. We all have yeah. stuff, you know, just because I'm the pastor leading it and there's board members that are in here. Hey, we're all together on the same level moving in the same direction, you know, uh, and I, and I watched that NA meeting play out and there were people in that room. Uh, there was a guy who was 75 years old in a wheelchair in that, in that NA meeting. And I thought, man, this is where the, the playing field is level where everybody's at the table. They're walking through it together. Um, and they're working the steps. And I thought, man, what a great perspective of us all working together to help each other walk through it, you know, um, yeah. And in yeah. the church world, I think there's a hierarchy sometimes where, you know, the higher you are in the church, the higher you are in leadership, uh, you know, the more silent you have to be about the struggles that you're walking through. And in my mind, it should be the opposite. It should be, hey, let's all come together and let's work together on how to solve mm-hmm. this, you know, um, you, yeah. because yeah, I have. Yeah. 
Well, no, and I, want you I mean, I don't have any better. <laughs> I don't have any better answers than God's word on how to break through addiction. So they don't need to hear what my opinions are. You know, I, that's what I love about the twelve step program is it really it's God's word, it's scripture on how to walk through and be healed, and let's do it together. You know, it's not me teaching or lecturing somebody else on how to how to find freedom, and that's you know, and, and I think. Um, one of the things I heard from addicts in our church all the time is they said, we so appreciate the fact that you bring up and you talk to the addicts directly. You talk to people who are struggling with addiction. So they feel like it's a welcome place, you know, of even mm-hmm. in our mm-hmm. culture and our, our vocabulary from the pulpit, you know, there would be times that I would talk directly to addicts and they knew it. And, you know, to mm-hmm. hear that in our culture and in our vocabulary, they said, this is the first place that we've ever gone to church that we feel welcome. You know, wow. and that was our prayer is, Lord, help us to help us to really just be broken people learning and walking together. Mm-hmm. You know, as a pa- as a pastor, Jason, are you able to model that? Are you able to, as a pastor, sh- open your life and share your own struggles and your own your own needs and brokenness and even addictions? Oh, yeah. Are you able yeah, to definitely. do that? Definitely. I have no problem, especially one-on-one when I'm sitting with people or I'm in a meeting or a class or, mm-hmm. you know, to me, I go, I just want everybody, you know, I want everybody in, in the place where I'm at to understand we're all together, that we all have stuff we struggle with. We all, there's not one person that's perfect in that room, you know, uh, and mm-hmm. the minute they are, it's probably Jesus walking in. That'd be the, that'd be the only time we're all perfect, you know, that there's a perfect person in the room, <laughs> um, you know, and so, and it, it is so interesting because it goes against the grain of people who, you know, Christians. Because, you know, I think that mm-hmm. if, you're, if you're in an atmosphere of most churches, it's, hey, we're not going to admit that we have any problems. We're perfect, you know. And uh, it, it does go against the grain of a lot of places, you know. Yeah. 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 And somehow, you know, somehow we've, We've got to change that, and uh, we do. I, I've often thought we do. I, I've often thought it really does have to start. It has to start from the top down, don't you think? Um, oh yeah. Do you think we yeah. need vulnerable vulnerable leaders? You know, in order to uh, yes. show this. Yeah. Yep. I think we also need that that spirit of religion broken off the church today. I mean, honestly, I think mm. that's a big piece to that puzzle. Is you know, you've got you've got a lot of a lot of, and I'm not pointing fingers, but what the what would the Pharisees always do? They'd always point the finger at somebody else. And I think that you know, mm-hmm. in a lot of ways, we need to make sure that we have not let the that spirit, that religious spirit, in our church to hold back people from getting healing. You know, because yeah. every day we go, the world is getting more broken. It's not getting better. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, people are getting more broken, and it's. You know, it's getting younger and younger. And, you know, so to me, I think if we were nailing it and we were getting it right, uh, maybe we'd see a different perspective, you know. Yeah. So I do think it starts you know, from the top. I think it starts from an openness. Yeah. Um, right now, uh, we've been going through the steps uh, uh, in our – on a weekly basis. And um, right now we're we're kind of on – between four and five, which is okay. to me uh, probably one of the hardest parts because we 
we're making moral inventory of our lives. Yeah. And then, then we have to bring that out. Then, then we have to start sharing that. And, and I yeah. notice, you know, that step five is with God and with ourselves and with another, another human being. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I wrote this morning. I wrote this morning. Gee, can I just tell it to my dog or my cat? You know, do I right. have to really? Do I really have to talk to another human being? You know. Um, yeah. Uh, why is that? Why is that so hard? And how can we make that easier for each other? Well, I think that there's. Uh, I think the fear of judgment comes in. You know, of if I tell this person. You know, what I'm struggling with, what are they going to think about me? And that literally mm-hmm. keeps people bound up. And I think, you know, in that perspective, you've got to have people who will say, listen, you can tell me anything, and I'm not going to think any different of you. You know, I mean, I've talked to I talked to a young, a young guy who's really strong with addiction just the other day. He's now in Teen Challenge, and he knows he can tell me anything. And I'm not going to judge him. Mm. I'm not going to say, well, I can't believe you didn't – you did that, and I can't believe you did this. And, you know, I mean – um, I think to just having that open door to say, listen, I'm not going to judge you. It's not my job. I'm not the judge. I just, I'm here to, to listen to you and then help you to walk through it. You know, and I think if that was open and extended and it's interesting, um, that young guy that we're talking about came to our house in Missouri and lived with us for 30 days. And, and he found some great people in AA, uh, who, did that did exactly that for him. He could open up, he could share, take the moral inventory, and he was able to share without any judgment. And you know, I mean, and, mm. and I think when it, when we talk about any judgment, I mean, our facial expressions, how we come across, you know, I mean, literally, it's hey, I'm just here to listen to you. God is your judge. I'm here to help you through this. You know, and I think when you run into those kind of people, all of a sudden, it's a little bit easier to open up your heart to them. And open up what's mm-hmm. down deep inside, and and that definitely, uh, definitely is. And I think that they find freedom once they're able to, to share that and get it out. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and I can tell yeah. you with that young guy I'm talking about, incredible potential. And we've had some pretty pretty strong heart to hearts where he shared stuff with me that I'm going, oh, in my mind I'm going, oh my word. You know, not in a judgmental way, but like I can't believe he's been through that. I'm so heartbroken for him. You know, uh, and he's told me some of his deepest, darkest things, and uh, it's been healing for him. Wow. So, um, wow. you know, I think, and, and you know, you know, when you run into somebody like that, who you feel like you can just mm-hmm. open your heart to, and you can trust them. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and and, and wouldn't, it, wouldn't it help if we were all doing this? If, if, every, it if would. we were all get together. Yeah, it would. You know, yeah. I think it would totally help, you know, in the long run, because uh, then you're not like, okay, I think when you realize everybody's in the same boat, we're just in row, different rowing mm-hmm. positions, <laughs> you know, I mm-hmm. think that's, that's yeah. really helpful yeah. in life, you know, I mean, we're all in the same boat, whether it's, it's, it's drugs or it's alcohol or it's eating or it's, you know, I mean, and to be honest, I will just say, I think the church has to be honest about our eating issues, too. You know, because we can look mm. at a drug addict and go, I can't believe they're using, but then go and, you know, fill our plates with five pieces of fried chicken back at the church potluck. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, we run <laughs> the same thing, you know, so, uh, and, and I'm not trying to be negative or, you know, whatever, but I'm like, mm-hmm. hey, let's just, why don't we just be honest about all of it? <laughs> you know, 
Yeah. Instead of instead of picking yeah. the worst sins, you know, or or categorizing what we think is really bad and then what we allow, <laughs> you know. That's great. Yeah. Wow. Oh, that's great. Well, uh, uh, this has been very helpful. Time uh, flies, and um, it does. Uh, I, I I promised everybody we'd hear just a little bit about what you're doing right now, which which sounds very fascinating. Uh, this story that I guess you got involved in as the pa- at the, as a pastor of your church, and uh, I did. Uh, yep. So t- tell us tell us in a nutshell what's what what this what's the story and 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 what are you guys doing and and what's what's the opportunity that you're that you have yeah, right now? Definitely. So John Smith on uh, President's Day in uh, 2015 uh, went out on the lake in Lake St. Louis in St. Charles. He fell through the ice. Um, it was under the water for 15 minutes. At the last minute, the fire department was able to pull him up. Um, they took him to the hospital, Lake St. Louis uh, Hospital, which is just right around the corner. Uh, he went for another 45 minutes without a pulse. So when it was all said and done with, he was out without oxygen for over an hour. And just as the doctors were getting ready to call time of death, uh, they allowed his mom to came, come in. And Joyce walked in the room, and she said, Holy Spirit, bring my son back to life. And at that moment, they said they felt such a presence of God in that, in that room his pulse came back, and um, mm. but he still had a long ways to go. So, I mean, it was a modern-day resurrection miracle story at that moment. Mm. Um, nobody had lived in over 30 years in that lake that had gone under. Uh, one of the police departments came back and told us. And, and so at that moment, mm. they transferred him down to Cardinal Glennon in St. Louis, the children's hospital, um, where he got the area expert on hypothermia and drowning, Dr. Garrett, um, and when he got to the hospital, the the doctors really felt like, hey, they were just transferring him from one hospital to the next to die. Um, and so when Joyce walked in down there, uh, the doctor said he's brain dead. He has no, no brain function, um, just enough to keep him breathing. We don't think he's going to last overnight. Um, and what would you like us to do with his organs? And at that moment, uh, Joyce looked at the doctors and said, hey, we are not going to have any more of this negative talk around John. She said, we are believing for life. We're going to stand on the God, on the fact that our God can do the impossible. She said, told the doctor and pretty much got right in his face and said, you do what – she said, I hear you the best. You do what you can do, and then our God will do the, do the rest. And so she walked out, and at that moment I was at the hospital, and she said, Pastor, I need you to come in and pray for John. Uh, this is what we've just gotten. And so walked in the room. All of his organs were in catastrophic, catastrophic failure. Um, there was about 10 different things at that point that could have killed him that he really had, he struggled through. And so at that moment when we walked in the room, uh, there were two things, his lungs and his brain. We started praying uh, for his lungs to be healed first, that the breath of God that raised Adam from the ground would just breathe into his lungs. And that moment I turned around and I saw two angels in the room that were floor to ceiling, I'd seen him in hospital rooms before, mm. and uh, he overbreathed. Mm. His whole story is in the book, The Impossible. Um, he uh, at that moment, John overbreathed his respirator, and his eyes opened, and we're just like, Whoa, "Oh man, God, you're doing something." You could feel it in the room, uh, and then we continued to pray, "Lord, now recreate his brain. Just start to start to put it together." And so, with that, I saw 
a thousand colors over his head. And it was like, God was just knitting his brain back together. And right after we had prayed that, that moment, his eyes opened, his shoulders came off the mat. And basically I knew at that moment that John had been healed. It was mm. going to take a few mm. days. Um, and so basically 16 days later, after a lot of battle, a lot of struggle, um, John walked out of the hospital completely whole. And 40 days after that, mm. he was completely released. And so today he is My. 17. God's, God's using him. I mean, it is one of the most incredible stories. And so Devon Franklin, who did Miracles from Heaven, heard about the story, picked it up, and it mm-hmm. will be coming out on 20th Century Fox, um, Easter of 2019. So uh, we're wow. able to go. The book just came out in November, the book The Impossible. You can find it on Amazon. Um, it is a, it is one of the most incredible stories. You know, I gave it in a nutshell, but there's, I mean, the story is incredible, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I think it will prove to be one of the most medically documented miracles uh, in the early in this in this century. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it just yeah. is incredible, and all the doctors, every doctor that you talk to, says it's a complete bona fide miracle. They've looked for two years around the world to see if there's another person like John who survived, and there was one lady who had been under for 15 minutes and she's about 80% after eight months. Other than that, they cannot find another person that survived like John has. So uh, it's a great story. And, uh, you know, even going back to the 12 steps and, you know, kind of everything we're talking about, the reality of it is Mm -hmm. I firmly believe Mm -hmm. that we serve a God who can do the impossible and whether it's addiction or it's, you know, bringing somebody back to, back to life or, you know, whatever it is, you know, if we will turn to God and allow him to heal us, God still does the impossible. And I just want to encourage all your listeners out there that no matter what they're struggling with today, no matter how long it's been, no matter what they're walking through, you know, no matter if they have a child who's struggling with addiction, hold on because God still does the impossible. Wow. What a great story. Jason, thank you so much for being with us and and giving us some of some of your insights and, and uh, we'll be praying for this. I guess you're going to be, uh, are you touring around and telling this story? Um, we are. Yep. We're doing, is we're that doing what some I, tours. People can, Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. We're doing some book tours. And then as the movie starts rolling, they just cast Chrissy Metz from this is us to play John uh, Joyce. So very excited about that. That just came down, but people can follow along at uh, the website. It's www.theimpossiblebook.com or on Facebook at The Impossible Book. And uh, we'll be traveling, speaking, and sharing a lot of great stuff. So sharing the story around the world is our goal. So, Cool. We'll be praying for that, and and God's going to use this in a mighty way, it sounds like. Yeah. Fantastic. Jason, God bless you. Thank you so much for tonight. Yep. Um, All right. Definitely. Thank you. Take care. Take care. All right. God God bless you. Yeah. Thanks. There you go, folks. That is, uh, that's quite a story. And uh, I just want to underline this whole idea of the need in each one of us, the brokenness, the, uh, the struggle is real. Let's be honest. And let's all do this together. I think that's, that's what I got from tonight the most. If we all do this together, we will be able to um, encourage one another, and it's, there's no hierarchy, you guys. There's just none. We're all in the same place together. We're all sinners 
saved by grace. We're all working through. We all have things that 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 we struggle with. We all have addictions. We can find that God can set us free. He can do the impossible. So um, take heart. Be encouraged. Hang on. Come back next week. Sign up and get the catch every day. We're in step six now. God bless you.